everyone, how you doing? Back here with another episode of the Draper Dialogue. I am DJ Draper. Thrilled you are sticking with us here with the American Wrestling Federation. Again, cannot wait until we can be back in front of live AWF crowds. You know, during the summer, we head out all over the upper Midwest, having predominantly shows outdoors. Gives us an opportunity to present things in a little bit different way. A lot of community festivals that we head to, some fairs, get to connect with different groups of wrestling fans and present our product, and we're really bummed that uh, we're not yet at a position where we're going to be able to do that, but everyone's health and safety is certainly the most important factor as we determine our path forward, not just with the AWF, but our state as a whole. Here on today's program, bringing you my interview with our AWF heavyweight champion, the real McCoy, JDX. He has carried that title belt so proudly and has honorably been our champion here in this company, and we are just so thrilled with the progress that he has made in such a short amount of time in this sport. He is so crisp in the ring. His delivery with everything he does is just captivating. Got some really cool theme music, I have to say, and we just can't wait to see him and our other AWF superstars compete again in the very near future. Here we go. Here's my interview with the AWF heavyweight champion, the real McCoy, JDX on the Draper Dialogue. And the American Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion, one of the most accomplished superstars, one of the most popular superstars, one of the most incredible athletes we've ever seen in this company, the real McCoy, JDX. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, man, thank you for having me on, man. I'm truly honored. Truly, truly honored. What is this, like the first, first, second? This is the second. We just taped one with downtown PD Brown, and uh, we're glad to have you be number two, even though you're number one, I think, in the hearts and minds of a lot of wrestling fans. Just don't tell that to PD. (laughs) Yeah, the secret is between you and I. (laughs) And everyone else watching on the Facebook page, uh, JDX, it's just want to really quick ask you how you're doing right now. Uh, you're holding on to that title belt, as we can see. Uh, unfortunately, no live AWF events in the short term anyway, and we really don't know how long uh, with this pandemic that's going to be. How are you holding up? How are you still uh, trying to keep up with things here uh, in wrestling, getting ready to maybe go back inside the squared circle, but not really being too certain as to when? Um, I think the best way to like sum it up is honestly like without being, you know, too gimmicky or too corny, like, you know, my, my motto, my slogan is Justin D Xavier and the D stands for, but honestly the D does stand for drive. Cause like, I'm, I'm trying to say driven, like the drive is to, you know, one day, you know, break out of Minnesota as much as I love Minnesota as much as I love AWF of course you know but like you know I have big dreams big aspirations and things of that nature so like what's keeping me going is the drive was keeping me afloat you know like that wake up in the morning is like okay like all right we got to go to work you know I still have a shoot job you know um so go to the shoot I, I, I don't understand what that means uh and n- never mind continue <laughs> <laughs> well I JDX, ladies and gentlemen, is not uh, 
full-time JDX. You know, uh, <laughs> wrestling, it, it pays quite well, but, you know, I got to keep the lights on with extra money coming in. We got JDX you. We got you. JDX is a, <laughs> he's a hustler, so, <laughs> in lamest terms. Uh, but, yeah, to, to sum it up, my drive, man, that's what's keeping me going. You know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, at first, my motivation was like, it was like a, I was sitting on the rug and it got yanked from right under me. So, you know, that really sucked. But then I picked myself up and I'm like, you know what? This is a time, you know, like to see what type of character I truly have. Like, can I still come back? You know, when it's time to go back to AWF shows and defending this here championship, you know, can I still be at the, you know, obviously I'm not at the top of my game, but, you know, I'm still growing as a performer and athlete and all of those great things. Uh, but, like, can I still be on par or be even better than what I was when, you know, before this whole thing, you know, happened? So, drive. It was keeping me alive, as I so elegantly stated already. All right. We can't wait to see you back inside that ring. Uh, how about we dial things back a bit to your beginnings? We understand uh, straight out of Chicago. Uh, yeah. What uh, made you want to be a wrestler uh, growing up uh, in the state of Illinois? And uh, what got you into this sport of professional wrestling uh, that we see you excel at right here in the upper Midwest? Um, I think like most guys, uh, most professional wrestlers, like my age bracket or, you know, my, uh, they grew up in the ruthless aggression era, WWE, um, just like Eddie Guerrero's rise, John Cena's rise. Um, <laughs> I laugh because of, like thinking about how much of a John Cena fan I was, you know, when I was younger is thugonomic days. But anyways, um, I digress like. Eddie Guerrero, you know, him winning the WWE championship, like, you know, him overcoming addiction and stuff like that. And uh, like I already stated, John Cena, Shawn Michaels, you know, like, honestly, like the whole like 2004, like era, like the ruthless aggression era, the WrestleMania, uh, Randy Orton's rise of like when evolution turned on him and stuff. And like, yeah, just like that whole, like that whole, that really like pushed me into becoming a bigger fan. And, like, you know, you, you have, like, aspirations of becoming, you know, kids, like, they want to be police officers or firefighters or doctors and stuff like that. And my my, my three top options were, because uh, I'm a PK, for people that don't know what that is, a preacher's kid. My father was a reverend. Oh, um, so it was like, right. I would probably figure out I'm either a preacher, a uh, actor, I kind of am, or a pro wrestler. So, two of them are bad. <laughs> So how about you talk a little bit about your path from Chicago here to the state of Minnesota uh, into the Academy School of Pro Wrestling. Uh, what were those early days like for you breaking in as a wrestler in this sport? Um, it was a lot different than I thought it would be. Because I always, like I just stated, like WWE, like I always viewed like uh, WWE was like, obviously it's still the goal for me. Um, but like... I realized that there was this thing called independent wrestling that's very real that you have to like almost perfect and master before you can think WWE. You know what I mean? Uh, I was doing what I had to do to try to get to the Academy. Like you said, like I'm from Chicago. So I spent 22 years of my life there. Um, I did a lot of jobs and stuff like out of high school. I didn't go to college. Uh, I'm just trying to save up money to get to the Academy. I was originally going to go down to new Orleans and, uh, 
down to AR Boxing School. But then one day I was on my way back from Kansas, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, or maybe Kansas City, Kansas. I'm not sure. Whatever. Um, I was on my way back in, uh, to Chicago on uh, one of the dirt sheets. And yeah, I listened to dirt sheets. Well, I used to rather. <laughs> uh, it was a podcast with Ken Anderson and Sean Devari talking about they were opening a school. And it was just like, oh, you know, Justin, I, I would hate to go up to Minnesota, you know, because it's cold. Like I live in Chicago. I'm trying to get away from the cold. I go down south and where it's, you know, somewhere warm. Um, but like, it was like, you can learn from guys that, and not to knock, you know, WWA four or Wildcat. Cause they're awesome schools. They have like tremendous talent, talented. It's like right now, a, a EW and WWE. Um, but like, you know, I was just like, Ugh. and that's like, that goes to show you my mindset. I'm just like WWE or guys that are killing it on the Indies. I'm just like, all right, Ken Anderson, Molly Holly, uh, you know, Sean Devari. Uh, so it became almost a no-brainer for me. So that's what ultimately led, ultimately led to me going to the academy. And then it's just real quick, just as far as the early days, like I said, it was different than what I expected. Uh, what you thought you knew about wrestling, the way you watch wrestling, it's like night and day in comparison to when you actually become a pro wrestler. So like everything I thought I knew, I was like, you don't know diddly squat. <laughs> You talked a little bit about uh, some of the guys you uh, looked up to uh, when you were first following things through that ruthless aggression era. We did get uh, one question on Twitter asking you to talk about some of your influences uh, beyond just those folks that you watched on television when you were getting interested in wrestling. Uh, who are some of the names that have influenced you between the ropes? So again, like us. Uh... Was Eddie Guerrero? I love like the the counter, like the the catch test, catch can. I guess as Jr. used to say, um, uh, if I'm saying it correctly, like that, like technical type of style. Like look at myself as a technician, but like them being counter artists and stuff like that. Like just the versatility of not being the the biggest guys, but being able to work with anybody. You know, guys or guys that are bigger than them. Um, nowadays uh like and then even like when i first started like training like i really got into like triple h like not so much when i was a kid in my younger days but like now like i'm really appreciating him um like just like his ceo or uh coo like you know like that whole gimmick or whatever like the um, the ball head bearded like watching his math and watching him like like tell stories with Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins, like big mania matches, like him, um, CM Punk when I was younger, you know, that speaks yeah. for itself, like uh, <laughs> Chicago. Um, I too am like kind of straight edge. Uh, so yeah, that, him, uh, current day, like Jordan Miles or like as he wants to be called ACH, <laughs> um, ACH, uh, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander. You see where I'm going with this. A lot of African-American guys. Uh, Shane Strickland, Isaiah Swerve Scott. <laughs> uh, and also, like, now, like, you know, with the whole quarantine thing, uh, like, I've been getting into guys, like, when they were on the rise. Like, as I stated earlier, like, with Eddie Guerrero, Shawn Michaels. No, yeah, Shawn Michaels, uh, blank wrestler. But no, like, watching, like, I'm, like, I'm watching, like, Shawn Michaels from, like, from 95, 96, like, his whole, like, Intercontinental right before he, you know, won the belt, uh, the big belt that is, and just like, just watching that's like, man, he was so good. 
Um, so like I'm trying to use those guys as influences. And I, I feel like I'm missing some, but yeah, I'll think about it once this is over. With. Like, <laughs> why didn't I say it? Well, then you can certainly write something in the comments once we get the video posted to the Facebook page. Certainly nothing wrong with that. Uh, in your short career, uh, you've accomplished quite a bit already. We've uh, seen that title gold that you've got right there. And then you've also had a couple looks already from from the big boys up in Stanford. Uh, and we got you to see you compete on, on NXT that one time against Cassius Ono. I think the fans would be interested to hear you talk a little bit about that experience and what that meant for you as a wrestler. It was very surreal. Um, as I stated, like I'm a, I'm a PK, I'm a preacher's kid, so I'm very spiritual. Um, but it was just, it was very surreal. It was like going behind the scenes a little bit here. Um, not that, you know, it's not something that people are used to, but yeah. Um, going behind the scenes, like it was like 12, maybe 12 to 15 guys lined up. I'm sitting there with my royal blue suit next to Brandon Gore, another, you know, academy guy. One of my good buddies now. Um, yeah, me and him, we went down there. We were very fortunate. And we we're just like, okay, like, what are the odds, you know? What are our chances of actually getting on TV? What are our chances of getting a match? And I was just sitting there, and I'm chatting with Brandon Gore. And then, like, um, the extra, the guy in charge of extra talent, like, in the middle of a conversation, he goes, Justin, you're having a match tonight. I'm just like. I know so. I'm like, oh, cool. But inside, <laughs> man, <laughs> like, what? Like, I'm like, get out of here. Like, I'm like, what's like, you're, you're kidding me. Like, I, like, like, it was almost like a movie scene, like where I had to probably, I didn't do it, but like you would, the way I was feeling inside, like I could have gone to the bathroom, went into the bathroom stall and just like, you know, had like a, I don't know, like a teen gal, like freak out moment. <laughs> like, I don't know, it squealed, but I kept my cool, I kept my composure, just know so. Like, oh, cool. Thank you. All right. And then went back to talking to Brandon. <laughs> but I was freaking out, man. Uh, I remember like Nikki Cross, like being in Gorilla, like in this undisputed era, like everybody, like I was so nervous, like uh, talking about the match and stuff, like with Cassius. And he was so awesome. Like, and uh, um, one of my trainers, like Eric Cannon, you know, um, like it, it helps to have connections in this business. I'll tell you that. Um, it was such a blessing that like, like Cannon, you know, he's had run-ins with uh, Cassius Ono. Like they even had, the kings of wrestling like literally people know he was a part of the kings of wrestling so like um we were talking cash is like we were going over the match and stuff like that sorry i'm giving like huge details here yeah but um we were talking about the your match secret safe this actually, is a safe spot <laughs> he was like what do you do well and at this point man i'm like 11 months yeah i was 11 months in so like i'm still like i'm still to this day current day i'm figuring out who i am as a performer and stuff and like move sets and stuff. What looks good? What can I hit here? What can I hit there? You know, like to to showcase myself in the best light. Um, and like he was awesome enough to like actually reach out to Eric Cannon after he figured out where I was training and stuff like that. He's like, "Yo, man, like you know, I don't know what the conversation was like, but he was like, uh, I want you to hit that pretty uh, leapfrog that you do that Eric Cannon told me about and up and over and stuff like that. So <laughs> Cannon put me over big time. Like he's always done. So that's awesome." Uh, but I remember being in a match, like if you fast forward, like I had one of those moments where it was like, like, I'm pretty good at re remembering things inside of the ring, but I remember being shot into the corner for the up and over. And I was like, not now, not now. What's next? What's next? What's next? 
oh my god like what's next what do i do what do i do and i just like oh up and over. no actually it was as i was doing up and over i'm like okay what's after this what's after this what's after this and then i remembered like oh you take off to the ropes and once i took off to the ropes boom that kick right in the teeth <laughs> so uh but like to to rewind a little bit like i remember okay i walked down the ramp like uh robbie uh Robbie Brookside told me I was going to have an entrance and stuff like that. Cause typically in NXT, when you do extra talent work or WWE in general, you don't have an entrance. Right. So I got an entrance. Thank I you. got on the ramp. I thank God. Okay, let's go. Let's get down here. Um, I got in the ring and then like the fans like were chanting Justin. Cause I like went on as Justin Xavier that night. Uh, they were like, Justin, Justin. I'm just like, uh, like you're taught like not to cheerlead in WWE. Like, you know, like, come on, let's go. Like, right. rah, rah, rah. But um, I'm just like, oh, like, what do I do here? Like, trust your training. So I'm just like uh, fighting the urge to like egg them on. Like, <laughs> I was like, because you always hear like Ken would tell us stories and uh, Sean who always tell us stories that guys, you know, they they pick on guys on on camera. Like, oh, he thinks this is about him. He thinks like this is about him. Like, he thinks it's it's like the it's his showcase. This is his chance. You know what I mean? So I didn't want to be one of those guys. Like, uh what do I do here? So yeah, you can see me kind of fighting <laughs> the urge, but I, eventually I did the little, you know, the fist pump, like, come on. Yeah. Justin. <laughs> so yeah. All in all, it was an awesome time. But one little tidbit though, like I remember asking Ken, like, what is W's ring? Like, like, Oh, he's, he goes, Oh man, it's, it's, oh, it's a dream to work on. And I'm like, Oh, awesome. So I'm instead of like, Oh, it's going to be, you know, taking a bump there is going to be like sweet. It's going to be cake. Um, <laughs> Cash has dropped me like for what like Way Barrett's old maneuver was called like the wasteland, like a Fort Simone drop almost. Like um, he dropped me on that ring, and all I could think was like, just like, and he took off to hit me with a leg drop, and I'm just laying there watching him like, can you son of a, because <laughs> that ring was out of dream. <laughs> so. <laughs> and wham there's a leg drop so yeah i didn't have much time to think about it i remember thinking like dog you straight up lied to me because i was trying to catch my breath <laughs> on our first episode of the draper dialogues i did talk to downtown pd brown and asked him uh what are some of his dream matches and he actually listed you he would like a <laughs> shot at that American Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Uh, since I got you on the show, uh, JDX, how about it? You and Petey inside the ring once this coronavirus is over? What do you think? Hey, I'm down. I'm down. Like, for the lack of a better, like, term, I'm down. Like, I'm, Petey and I, we're good friends. Know what, like, that's not, um, I don't think that's a secret. Like, he saved me time and time again from, uh, What's that faction called? It's no longer uh, an existence. Zero Sympathy. Zero Sympathy. That's their name. Wonder whatever happened to them. Uh, that's another sort of fun. Egomaniacs at the top like the system and everything just comes crumbling down, you know? On demise. Uh, but yeah, man, he saved me a lot of times from now. So he always had my back. But little, I think, actually, yes, one of my, like, Second matches, I believe, was against downtown PD Brown in under the AWF umbrella. So, you know, even though it's like he called it a dream match, I guess like to do it again, yeah, sure. But 
We've done it. Well, we you've got that, that gold on your shoulder there. That certainly yeah. has to change the equation. Yeah, he's, trying to, he's trying to he's trying to talk his way into to a title match. I see what he's trying to do. You ain't out, you ain't fooling JDX. But uh, how about I pose that question to you now? Uh, what are some of your dream matches looking forward here uh, as your career goes? What may even be on the other side of the horizon beyond the AWF or even locally here in the upper Midwest? Who do you want to get in the squared circle with? Um, I think guys like they come to mind upper Midwest. I would say probably like uh, maybe a Trey Lamar. Um, he's a young, upcoming, upcoming, um, very athletic guy. Um, God, there are a lot of people I would love to get in the ring with that like. When you put me on the spot like that, it's hard for me to think of them. Um, I, like right here in Minnesota, though, uh, Devon Moreau, like uh, we've yet to lock horns in, in the ring. Um, I think who else have I not really gotten a square circle with? Like some of the guys that I say I use for inspiration, like current day, like the Ricochets of the world, Cedric Alexander's, uh, Shane Strickland's, Isaiah Swerve Scott, um, uh, MJF, uh, Man, even like Randy Orton, like I think it would be awesome to face Orton, like like his his pace and his style, like his way that he likes to tell a story. Um, Edge, now that he's back, you know, um, guys like that, those would be awesome dream matches. Um, yeah, for sure, Seth Rollins, um, yeah, guys like that, that would be that would be awesome to face guys like that. Um, ACH, most definitely. All right, JDX, uh, overall, if you had to be put on the spot right now, what are your biggest goals that you have looking forward as a professional wrestler? Um, I want to, like I said earlier, like my goal, my dream was always to, to be um, in the WWE. And like, you know, now, current day, like we have a, a, a rival, you know, some people don't consider a rival brand, but like, or AEW. I, either way, like, I'm looking to, you know, as much as I love AWF, as much as I, you know, I, I always like to say, uh, you know, uh, Chicago raised me, but Minnesota embraced me. Like, I love Minnesota. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, yeah, I do have, you know, bigger dreams and aspirations, and that's to one day be on TV, you know, like to whether that's, you know, now, you know, expanding my um, expanding my horizon, you know, as far as the way I think, like uh, AEW or a WWE, that's my ultimate goal. Like, honestly, it's WWE, but I don't want to say I'll settle because I'm not the one to settle, but if they came knocking, who am I not to answer the door, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. And to just create a living off of it, even if I was to never, ever reach it, like, to, you know, have that, as we said, like, the shoot, you know, like, you know, that would be it, to earn a living off of wrestling. All right, we're going to finish it off with just, I got three rapid-fire questions for you here. Being uh, from Chicago, I want to get your thoughts on some very, very uh, relevant things. Uh, deep dish pizza, fantastic or an overrated gimmick? It depends on where you get it from. It all depends. Elaborate, just a bit. Um. So for me personally, like I'm a very picky eater. <laughs> so like the sauce... Like the sauce has to be good, the the crust to be good. Like, 
so like there are certain restaurants in Chicago like where like you'll go to a uh, and I'm came in like people from Chicago if you watch this don't don't clown me too hard for this but Lou Malinati's or something like that like uh, <laughs> there that place is like an overrated gimmick for me personally like their thin crust I had it like after several times of trying to deep dish and the thin crust I was happy with but the deep dish wasn't that grand for me personally um, I feel like Giordano which we have here in Minnesota. So oh, yeah. check that out. It's in Uptown uh, Richfield. If you've never had it. Um, theirs is pretty good. It's also a place in Chicago um, called Beggar's Pizza. Theirs is pretty good. I would imagine, although I've never had it, but the thin crust is amazing. Home Run In, which they do have in um, like Walmart. Yeah, and the, like, they have pizza pretty accurate. Um, I would imagine their deep dish is good. I've never had it, but like their thin crust is awesome. So like, yeah. Getting hungry over here. Uh, socks or Cubs? Oh, I'm Cubs all day. Cubs. 2016, man. 2016 Cubs. <laughs> that parade. Man, what a time to be alive. And uh, lastly, Jordan or LeBron? Oh, come on, DJ. I feel like that's a rhetorical question. What? Now, if you're talking like greatest Goat. of all time, I'm going to say Jordan. But my... My, like, as you can see, like, with the things, the theatrics of what I do, LeBron, like, LeBron James, that's one of my biggest aspirations, like, inside of wrestling, even though he's not a wrestler, obviously, like, but I look to him. And Jordan, too. Jordan's great. And Kobe's great. You know, I look to those guys for motivation and stuff. Actually, before we did this, I was watching The Last Dance, you know, the Chicago Bulls that, you know, they're, they're you know, the way they dominated the 90s. So, yeah. But LeBron, to answer your question. All right. That was All right. great for me <laughs> all right well jdx that's gonna wrap things up here on the draper dialogues any parting words for the wrestling fans out there in social media land um i can't wait to be back in the square circle i can't wait to be back in front of you guys and entertain you guys like you know we're gonna we go roll and clap our hands to some you know to some good old jdx steam music yeah can't wait to defend the belt again for you guys. Um, hopefully it's in 2020, you know. Um, I'm just looking forward to it. Well, thanks so much for taking some time. I know that all the AWF fans out there uh, really are glad to hear from you, and we can't wait to see you back inside the squared circle again in the near future. Be well, my friend. You as well. Thank you for having me. Well, there you have it, my interview with our AWF heavyweight champion, the real McCoy, JDX. So great to connect with him, even though he dodged my question there on his preference between LeBron and MJ. Of course, as this was taped, the ESPN series The Last Dance had just begun airing, so I just had to work that in with, of course, him being the Chicago native and, of course, him incorporating that medicated powder that he tosses before his wrestling matches to see if he had a preference between those two. And then, of course, we did delay the introduction of this new uh, podcast program uh, through this medium uh, with everything going on, uh, not just in the state of Minnesota, but everything that is uh, spread internationally, to be quite frank, uh, following the events of the killing of George Floyd and I think we just have to point out that we're proud that JDX is our heavyweight champion. And it's 
an example that we see uh, what can happen when black athletes are given the opportunity to succeed. And quite frankly, in pro wrestling, that uh, hasn't always been great. Uh, there always hasn't been a great track record at all levels. And we're thrilled that we not just have JDX, but several others that are stepping up here on the scene to make an impact. So I've seen JDX quite frequently wearing that t-shirt that says Black Wrestlers Matter. And of course, I think we just need to say Black Lives Matter too here. Uh, and the AWF, we're hoping that we can see some change and some healing, uh, not just in the state of Minnesota, but frankly everywhere as it relates to uh, racism and injustice. That's going to do it for today's program. We want you to join us next time when, when we drop our next episode here in the next couple of days. My interview with the Atomic Super Thunderfrog. Can't wait to revisit that interview, getting to connect with the Froggy in quarantine, whether he's on our program or whether he is in the ring. Ton of fun to hang out with Super Thunderfrog. And we hope that you'll reach out and let us know your feedback as we bring you the Draper Dialogues in both podcast form and on Facebook. Again, that five-star iTunes review, if you're digging what we're doing, we'd appreciate it if you'd give us that benefit. And be sure just to reach out in general. I'm on Twitter at DJ Danielson. Let us know what you're liking. Let us know what you'd like to see improved. Let us know if there's an AWF superstar that you'd like to see interviewed on the program as well. We are definitely down to hear any and all ideas that you have. Facebook.com slash ProAWF's the best way to connect with us on the web. And of course, there's the television program on 45TV every Saturday afternoon at 12 noon. Be sure to catch that as well. Thanks for joining us again here on the Draper Dialogues, and we'll see you next time. So long, everyone.